everybody, it's Dave here. We are back at it with another day looking at draft prospects. Climbing the Pocket Network's Tyler Fornes, one of our in-house experts, has ranked his top five in each position. The position we're going to talk about today is interior offensive linemen. In layman's terms, guards and centers. Let me bring in Tyler. Tyler, how you doing? Dave, it is a great day, and I'm excited to talk about the big uglies, and I know this is your favorite part of the game. Yes, and it is. whenever we talk offensive linemen, you get excited, and so do I, because this is a phenomenal offensive line group. Well, let's start with that interior lineman. Who do you have at number five? Or this should is going to come to shock for a lot six. of people. Uh, six, uh, six is going to be Wyatt Davis. And I, I mentioned that because I know we have some uh, guys, mainly Ted, who are Ohio State fans. And Wyatt Davis has been a very popular name among Vikings Twitter for the last about 18 months or so. Wyatt Davis did not have a good year. He ended up on the ground a lot. I don't think he's great at anything. He's just kind of good at everything. And I think when you talk about a guy like that, he's just he's a good player. And uh, he has some issues with uh, balance and overextending. And he's not the best mover in the world. And I that's why he ended up out of my top five. Uh, but I wanted to give him a mention because I know Vikings fans really loved him at one point. But he's coming off a major injury, and he didn't have the best senior year. And that's with how good this offensive line class. There are guys that don't make the top five. We get over Ted Glover's Wyatt Davis. Now, who's at number five? This is going to shock some people. It's uh, USC's Elijah Vera Tucker. I am not super high on Elijah Vera Tucker. I thought he was a really good player, and there were times where he just played dominant football. But I didn't think he was a phenomenal mover. I thought he really struggled uh, in space, uh, get climbing to the second level, and uh, really uh, kicking out uh, to handle speed rushers. I thought Kayvon Thibodeau absolutely destroyed him um, it, when uh, USC played Oregon. And I thought that there was some left to be desired with Elijah Vera Tucker. I know some people are going to be a lot higher on him than I am. I think he's a really good football player, but I didn't think he was this elite prospect that some are touting him to be. And I will be the first to admit that I was wrong if he comes in and just is an all pro within two, three years. And that'll be something I will gladly live with. But I think with this offensive line class, there are a lot of really, really good football players. And Elijah Vera Tucker is in that grouping, but he's just not what I would consider elite. That's extremely surprising. Who do you have ahead of him at number four? This one might be a little surprising, but if you really look at his pedigree and how good he was uh, throughout his entire career, it shouldn't be. And it's Trey Smith, the offensive lineman out of Tennessee. And he was a guy I just finished up, and I was pleasantly surprised with how good he was, considering his senior bowl was atrocious. He was genuinely bad. He was overextending constantly. He was at missing blocks. He wasn't the best athlete, but then he tested superb. And when I turn on the film, you kind of saw some of those elements. If Trey Smith locks his hands into you, you're done. 
it's over. You're not, you're not going anywhere. And I think that's something that uh, was excellent about his game. Um, when you look at the rest of it, he's able to move in space pretty well. He's got guard tackle flexibility, but I think he could be a Larry Allen type player at the guard position. And he graded out slightly above Elijah Vera Tucker for me. I think he still needs to work on balance and continuing to work on lateral mobility and just uh, clean up some of his footwork, uh, prevent him from getting too wide in his stance. And I think uh, Trey Smith uh, can be a really great player in the league. Now, he also has medical red flags. I don't, in my grading process, account for medical red flags um, just because I, I don't really see it being super useful for how I'm practicing as far as who I think is just a better player. I'm not necessarily saying, hey, I think this guy's better, but I have medical red flags, so I'm going to drop him. When I do mock drafts, I will kind of take that into consideration. But as far as just a pure talent on the board, I think Trey Smith is the fourth best interior offensive lineman in this class. Who have you got at number three? A very big fan favorite among Vikings Twitter, and that is Rayshon Slater, the offensive tackle on Northwestern. I think he's going to play at his best as a guard or a center. I think he can play tackle, but that doesn't mean I think he's going to be best there. And that's why he graded him on the interior. Uh, Rayshon Slater, when he moves and climbs to the second level, it's like being shot out of a cannon. It's like watching a wily Coyote and Roadrunner cartoon where Coyote just shoves himself into a cannon to launch himself right at Roadrunner. Like that's what you get with Rayshon Slater's athleticism. It's incredible stuff. And the way he was able to use technique and and get out in front of uh, Chase Young in 2019 was really, really fun to watch. Uh, But I had some issues. I think his anchor needs some work. Uh, Just, he gets a little too wide in his stance Uh, and some of the angles he takes are a little suspect. I think he needs to continue to work and grow in that. And uh, he over he uses athleticism to a detriment because he over-pursues really easily when he gets to that second level. Like He's just so quick and fast that he'll just uh, outrun where he, he's supposed to meet his target. And he needs some cleanup to do. Anybody who has him with a super high grade, I don't blame him. Barely missed a first-round grade for me. Um, but Rayshon Slater at three, I think he, he could be an all-pro guard center at the next level. That brings us to number two. Number two is Alabama's Landon Dickerson. Now, it, he's a really tough eval because he has four seasons of college football and four season-ending injuries. Just tore his ACL in the SEC championship game which was really devastating for him. But uh, he was shown at the last Alabama Pro Day, he was doing cartwheels. I think he's going to be just fine. But that's a huge red flag. Uh, But on the field, he's a powerful man. There was one play where uh, it was against Georgia. He was pulling uh, to the right side of the formation as a center. Uh, A player is pursuing on the inside. He just sticks his left arm out and just strong arms him. And the defensive uh, end doesn't move at all. He's just got incredible power. He's an adequate mover for his size, and he's he just plays bully ball. And I think Landon Dickerson would be incredible in a man gap power scheme. Like if he ends up somehow a Baltimore Raven, 
and doesn't get hurt, like that's an incredible, incredible offensive line. And uh, it's something that uh, should really worry teams. But that knee is probably going to knock him down quite a few spots in the draft just because there's there's so many medical red flags with him. And I think we're going to learn more coming out of the medical combine that just happened uh, where teams are going to value a player like that. Uh, but Landon Dickerson, the football player, really fun to watch, really, really talented. And he's my number two interior offensive lineman. And at number one, you have a guy named after Kirk Cousins' favorite band. <laughs> yes. Yes, I do. And uh, that is uh, Oklahoma center Creed Humphrey. Humphrey, uh, four years ago, was blocking and snapping to Baker Mayfield. And that team had Orlando Brown Jr. At, as the left tackle. It had Drew Samia. It had uh, it had a uh, another uh, really good guard. I, I cannot remember who it was, and then they also had a great tackle, right tackle as well. Like that team was absolutely loaded on the offensive line, and as a freshman, Creed Humphrey was the best player. He is he tested athletically the best center of every center since 1987, according to the relative athletic score. And he, he's got great power. He's got great size. It's 6'6", 325. He can move people, and he can move himself. He does everything really well. He needs to work on techni- technique stuff. And I want to see him go up consistently against big-time pass rushers because he didn't see a lot of those in the Big 12. But when he played and who he played against, he flat-out dominated. And because he's got that pass-blocking and size acumen along with great athleticism. He's a fit for any scheme and he can be a fantastic football player. And he's got some guard flexibility. He's a left-handed snapper, which is only an issue unless you don't have a lot of practice reps with it. Uh, And I'm really excited to uh, see him come into the league. And he is actually my second graded offensive lineman period. So he is only behind Panay Sewell for me. I love Creed Humphrey. And somebody's going to get a steal with him wherever he goes in the draft. Well, do you see the Vikings taking Creed Humphrey? And if so, what position? I think they easily could take Creed Humphrey. Uh, They could play him at center, but I think they're going to do everything they can to let Garrett Bradbury fail there. And I think one thing that you can talk about with Garrett Bradbury is he's never had competent guard play next to him. And that can really harm a center, especially when you're talking about a developing one. I don't think that great guard play is necessarily going to fix Bradbury, but it's going to eliminate things. It's going to eliminate excuses for him. So if he still struggles and is the same player with really good guards next to him, I think then you can say that, hey, Garrett Bradbury didn't work out, and you can put Creed Humphrey there. I also think because of the things I talked about and how he plays football, Creed Humphrey can be your uh, starting guard. And I think he can he can move people off the line he can uh, kick out. He can climb to the second level. He's going to do everything that you're going to want from a really successful guard. I think he could be really high on the Vikings board. I don't think Landon Dickerson will be. Rayshon Slater I expect to be. I don't know what position he'll be at. Um, Elijah Barry Tucker probably as well. Trey Smith is a wild card with the medical stuff. They're not going to take him in round one. But if he's available round two, round three, uh, that's where they're going to be more apt to take those kind of risks. So 
I think all of these guys could, in theory, be available for the Vikings on their board, except for Landon Dickerson. Sounds good. With that, join us again tomorrow for the next position group. Until then, let's go!